Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Look at that. I figured out how to do it, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew, the return. Of course, I'm sure there are many of you who go, what, what do you mean you guys left? What happened? I don't understand. Uh, but indeed, we were off for a little bit, but we're back. We're ready to taste some beers. We're ready to talk about beers. We're ready to talk about beers and taste beers from home brewers. It's a whole three thing we got going on. With me, as always, my uh, intrepid hosts, Brian and Lee. Hi. Howdy. How you guys doing? Good. Feels good to be back or what? We, Brian, you were saying we haven't been in here since like September or It was October. early December and now we're December. in. December. Yeah. Yeah. If you remember how to do this. Now we're well into February here. <laughs> when, when this will be released, well, it'll probably still be February because now we're a little behind, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. So we're uh, we are, we're playing a little catch up here on Dr. Homebrew, but I was out for a little bit and uh, this is the only time uh, we had in between the break to come in. So thanks for joining us, those of you live in the chat and then uh, on the podcast just you know don't worry we'll stop talking about all the stuff you don't know about soon uh, in case you haven't heard this is Dr. Homebrew uh, what we are is we are uh, interactive BJCP score sheet so if you have a homebrew which I assume you do because you're a listener um, you send it in to us email me at jp at network.com and I will contact you eventually um, to get on the show you send us some beers we taste the beers we judge them Brian and Lee, they are the master BJCP judges. And it's not just like uh, some sort of, oh, I'm a master brewer and I, you know, I brew five gallons at a time. Uh, that's actually the rank. You're, you're master ranked. What is the BJCP again? Yeah, read the notes. I gave it to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Supposed to Didn't play you along. have to answer that to pass, pass Brian? <laughs> the purposes. That's a good point. You actually do. No, I'm just asking the rhetorical, rhetorical question because sometimes in the earlier shows, I'd sit there and try to educate people on... We're debriefing you know, the host. Huh? What a judge looks for in a beer and, and some of that. And now we just kind of jump in and judge them without sometimes even saying, what, what is a judge? Why are we here? Uh, well, Why do we exist? Answer that question. We are Why here do we exist? To recognize tasting, uh, well, to recognize good beer and um, tell people how to make it even better. There and you go. promote the appreciation of good beer. Right. And to recognize, to recognize judging skills. Judging and, and uh, beer appreciation skills. Tasting abilities. Or something like that. See, Someone's uh, going to track us down and shoot us. Oh, man. That, right. that was horrible. See what you did? Damn it. Oh, way to go, Brian. Uh, yes, that's true. So uh, if you want your beer judged, if there maybe you have a flaw you don't really know about or you want to make it better or you can't really get over a certain score uh, area when you enter a competition, that's what we're here for. Send us your beer. We'll get you on the phone. We'll get you a score sheet. We'll judge your beer. We'll talk about it. And then more importantly, you can ask questions. Far too many times you get a, a score sheet and it's either hard to interpret or you don't really understand how to take the suggestions that are in the sheet 
um, and put them into your brewing process to, how to, how to integrate those. So this is a perfect way for you uh, to be able to do that. And, of course, we would not be here if it wasn't for our fabulous sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Star. We like them. We love them. Uh, they, in fact, make it easier to win uh, uh, to brew award-winning beer. Because they are the cleaning chemical specialists. They have the five-star. They do the PBW. And that's just a combination that uh, you can't really beat in any other chemical. So go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn all about it. If you're not using it in your brewing, you need to stop whatever you're doing. Take a day off work tomorrow. Go to your local homebrew shop and talk to them about five-star chemicals. If you look around and they go, I don't even understand what that means, uh, find another homebrew shop. Every homebrew shop worth its weight in PBW should be stocking five-star chemicals. Take so. your damn bleach and put it back in your laundry room where it belongs. Yes. There's no bleach. There's no There's no one-dose one cleaner slash sanitizer solution. You have to do two. There's no cutting corners in award-winning homebrew. And, uh, you know, we can taste it. So check them out, fivestarchemicals.com. Um, they're, they're just the best. Uh, you, you can't really talk more about the best than uh, just to call them the best. So five-star, everybody, fivestarchemicals.com. I found a much more concisely stated sentence that tells what the BJCP is all about. Please, the please purpose, read. The purpose of the BJCP is to promote beer literacy and the appreciation of real beer and to recognize beer tasting and evaluation skills. Lee said that in about 37 words. Bing. I, I said about 47 words, probably. <laughs> but thank you for pulling that out. Now maybe we'll just get okay. messed up instead of shot. Yeah. BJCP.org. Yeah. You Unofficial know. sponsor. That's true. The, the <laughs> that's big true. guy up the hill is going to come get us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They have nothing to do with this show. Actually. They don't. I don't think they want anything to do with this show. <laughs> if they're smart. Yeah. They're if we were like, better, would they? They're going to be like, God, these guys, what are you doing? Uh, yes, that's true. We also wouldn't be here without the BGCP because uh, that program has honed your skills into razor sharp uh, bullshit detectors. Ra- ra- what? I don't know. <laughs> razor sharp distribution mechanisms for misinformation, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So the beers we have up tonight, um, what are they? They are an American Pale Ale, correct? And right. an Imperial Red, right? Yeah. The bottle says American Strong Ale, but yes, we were told it's an Imperial Red. It's an Imperial Red, and I believe that's the first one up from Brandon. And uh, so when we go into the break, we'll uh, we'll give Brandon a call, and then uh, we'll check and see how his chops are, cool. as far as brewing. Um, what do you think? Let's take a break now. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, um, we'll talk to Brandon. I'm getting hang this. I'm getting back in the saddle again. Hey. Took a little bit. Shake Woo. the cobwebs out. That's right. We still uh, want that break, though. Still want that break. Yeah, right. we need it's it. It's in the contract. Yeah. All right, everybody, hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be back in a second. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, 
SantaClean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and roast. Rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at creekmonkey.com. Come along now. It's time for your medication. Welcome back, everybody. We should have Brandon on the phone. Brandon, are you with us, buddy? Yes, I am, gentlemen. All right, good news. How you doing, man? Hey, not too bad, you? I'm all right. I've been better, but I've also been a lot worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get, I get that. <laughs> I understand what you're saying to me at this moment in time. Very true. Yep. So, you, <laughs> so uh, how long have you been homebrewing? What's your What's your homebrewing uh, background? So I've been homebrewing for a year and a month ish. Ish. Okay. Um, and in that first year, I brewed about thirty batches of beer. Not bad. Hmm. A year and a month, so thirteen about months. Three batches of beer a month. That's thirty a batches. Run, good run and start there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not bad, man, for sure. And you're still alive. I am. I am very alive. <laughs> you must have some good friends. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic, but I'm alive. You must have some friends you can't get rid of by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that. Yeah. So uh, are you brewing all grain now, or are you still extract? Uh, all grain. All grain, all right. How do you like that uh, that jump between extract and all grain? It's it's nerve-wracking, at least for me. I, I take this hobby pretty seriously, so the first one was a nightmare, it felt like. <laughs> really? Did you, like, I mean, uh, dump stuff you everywhere? You all right, but... And it just seemed like a lot of work, you know. Yeah, I wonder why. It is a lot of work. I hate it personally. I like I like brewing beer. I like the, the thought of it, but I hate doing it. I still have beer in my fermenter since December. Is that you think it's still good? Uh, I, I can't comment on that. I, <laughs> I have no idea. We'll go drink it and drink find it out. And find yeah. out. I'll just uh, I'll bring it in next show, guys. You can taste it. Cool. Yeah, we'll have it on the show. Yeah, it's three percent. 
<laughs> I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Judge the boss. Yeah. That's awesome. 360 review of your beer. <laughs> uh, all right, Brendan. So what do you want to get out of this judging here? What can we help you with? Um, I'm talking just some general feedback. I've never had a beer of mine actually, I, I would suppose, uh, scored or judged. Um, okay. So just some general feedback. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be about it. All right. We're, we'll go gentle on you. All right. <laughs> Brian, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, why don't you um, calmly introduce Brandon into the world of uh, judging, please? Well, hi. Um, we, not we're going to judge this. Not, yeah, not sultry. <laughs> oh. Yeah, calmly. Not NPR-like. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this is a, a pretty bold uh, beer, actually. Category 23, we're, we're calling it uh, specialty, but uh, since the, the, the Beer Judge Certification Program doesn't have an Imperial Red category, I happen to like, like this style, and I have some, some experience uh, sipping them, so... I, I judged it next, you know, according to what I find to be pleasant in an imperial red, and this did have a lot of the things going for it that that I that I really like. Uh, rich caramely malt uh, up front with a, you know, has a it has to have a bold enough backbone to support uh, all the hops that you have going on. And I like what I like about this beer is usually that how the balance works out, and it can it can be a tough balancing act because it's easy to fall off one way or the other. So um, you did a pretty good job on that. It has, um, alongside the malt, a nice piney, tropical, citrusy hop profile. And that's also pretty upfront. Um, esters are kind of medium and pleasantly fruity in there. A little apricot-like kind of ester in the aroma. Uh, no no baddies, no DMS acetyl or anything like that. Uh, had a tiny hint of some chocolate, and there's definitely some alcohol there, too, in the aroma. It's a very pretty beer, appearance-wise. Nice, brightly clear, deep coppery-colored beer with a... Um, Actually, sometimes I get creative on my score sheets, and I said it has a a burnished it has burnished cherry wood highlights. Oh, that's so. Sweet. I don't know. I just I, it made me. It reminded me of a nicely, um, nicely made cabinet or something. You know. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, medium huh. tan head, pretty good foam stand there. Mostly finer bubbles. Uh, it's, um, flavor wise, again, a lot of the same things in the aroma. Uh, rich. Medium high, you know, some toasty kind of bread crust like flavors came in in the malt. Had a good malt backbone, you know, for good amount of caramel in there too, uh, like deeper, darker caramels actually. Some some alcohol presence, pretty apparent. Uh, the hot bitterness was kind of medium, medium high, and almost to balance. That was maybe a little bit lower than I would have liked, but hops were, you know, piney and brightly citrusy. I'd be curious to to hear the hop profile when we get to that, but you know, a bit pungent and aggressive and 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 that's just right for a beer like this if you have the malt to back it up uh you know it's still a pleasant flavored beer it wasn't like a a biting aggressive bad tasting hop it was just you know good american hops um kind of the modern style ones that you you know with the tropically and and funky one uh you know piney uh interesting ones um yeah so that bitterness and the malt lingered in the aftertaste along with the hops kind of in in tandem so that was nice uh, Body-wise, it's pretty full, you know, kind of medium full-bodied. Uh, pretty firm carbonation in this beer. Uh, some solid warmth in there as you as you drink it. You feel the warmth in your throat. Um, no, not not any big hop drive to stringency or anything there. Even though you have a lot of hops in here, there's a lot going on. But it's overall, it's pretty okay uh, in the mouthfeel. So, yeah, pleasant drinking beer. You know, a lot of things to keep it interesting. Really seems quite skillfully brewed. Um, has a pretty good 
pretty good balance overall, but could stand to use even a bit more of the the true the fresh hop character that you have in there already. Uh, amp that up just a little bit, and perhaps also just a bit more bitterness to stand up to the very intense malt in there. And that's it's a nice nice malt profile, uh, and I really like that. But you have to watch out to make it to keep it from becoming too sweet. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was too sweet. So nice job. I gave it a thirty eight out of fifty. Good score. Yeah, good score. I get a lot of those. Uh, I, I like listening to you guys talk because uh, uh, you know what you're saying does make sense. The, the bread crusty. I don't know, Brandon. Yeah. Do you get any of that? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. Um, I, I get mostly the deep caramel, kind of almost like a raisin yeah. type taste out of it. And uh, I'll comment more on the hopping when we get a little farther on. But okay, okay. I yeah. did have a little bit of an issue with that. <laughs> oh. Well, we can wait for that. Uh, Lee, why don't you jump in there? All right. Um, I pretty much agree with most of what Brian said. Um, I, I'll, I'll try not to go through repeating all the details. But, yeah, nice rich caramel malt. Um, some nice, I got kind of piney hops throughout and some red berry ester supporting that. And I got a little bit of a cola kind of note in here, too. Um, and some nice clean alcohol. Rich mouthfeel, nice creaminess, big beer. Um it was it was given to us as an American strong ale. It was strong ale, right? It wasn't stock? Or was there some mention of stock ale? Is that right? No, 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 just strong. Strong yeah. ale, okay. With the um, the note of imperial red, and as as an imperial red, mm-hmm. um, I kind of think of an imperialized version of an amber ale. It does pretty well. Now it's got a, a you know, sort of even malt bitter malt hop balance. You know, it's not as over. It's not as highly hop as you get expect an American pale ale getting blown up. It's kind of what I expect from a blown-up version of an American Amber Ale. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. Um, very clean ferment, nice body, good carbonation. It all works very well. Um, I would second Brian's um, notion of maybe just putting in a little bit more bittering or alternatively maybe trying to dry it out a bit, you know, a little, little less crystal or a little lower mash temp or something just to get the balance a little more even. It's, it's a little on the sweet side, uh-huh. okay. um, but it still works pretty well. Um, and to me, that sort of... Um, it's a lot of midlove caramel in here um, and some piney sort of hops. It, it, to me, it gets almost this kind of flavor profile that I get out of something like a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that pine and dark crystal or medium dark crystal malt sort of thing. It's, it's almost probably where that cola taste I'm sort of getting that comes from. It tastes a little bit like that to me. But it's a nice beer. I gave it a 37. I thought it was well done. Um, maybe get the balance a little more to the bitter or to the dry, and I think you'd... Uh, you don't want to go too far to the dry, though, for an amber ale style. They're always got a little bit of that sort of sweeter, malty, crystal character. Got to keep some of that. Yeah, it, it could use a little bit more bitter, probably, to balance it out. Yeah, that's what I got. Perfect. All right, Brandon, tell us your um, tell us your hopping issue. Let's let's get right into that because it uh, clearly sounds like the something didn't go well. Well, it, it didn't necessarily go bad, but mm-hmm. what ended up happening was. It was my first time using a plate chiller, so what I ended up doing, instead of just throwing the pellet hops into the boil, I made a hop spider. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, I think it's where, where you have like a cross-section of piping, and, it, and you have a, 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 a hop bag that kind of hangs into the wort. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so when I was throwing the hops in there, I noticed that the actual mesh bag that the hops are going into wasn't really submerging as well as I wanted to. 
And I thought that it might create a little bit of an issue. And when the final beer turned out, it didn't seem to be as bitter as I had wanted it to be uh, straight away. So that might be part of the problem. It might not. I'm not sure. Did you get the flavor and aroma from the hops you wanted to? Um, I would have liked a little bit more aroma. I was toying with the idea of dry hopping this as well, just a little bit. Um, I I would say a little less hop character all around than, than I wanted. Yeah, that's not surprising. I mean, I've seen seen a lot of times when people <laughs> do hopping in a bag, and they'll throw an ounce or two of hops or something in one of these bags, tie it off, throw it in the kettle, and it'll float around like a fist. Yeah. You know, just this big glob of hops bobbing around on the surface of the kettle. And I mean, every time you read about conversion of um, uh, alpha acids and things like that, it always says a good rolling boil. You need right. not just to have the heat, but the churning to mix it up. You just don't get it in those bags very well. Um, I, now I've had a lot of beers I've seen where, where you know you, people just got exactly what you said, not quite the bittering they hoped because you know their hops, hops just float around this big glob. It's not like you got free liquid exchange in the middle of that. You're not getting stuff into that or out of that. You're you're, you're reducing your efficiency, basically. Um, so, I mean, what I've I've done in the past um, when I want when I had to use a bag, like if I'm doing whole hops, which won't which will cause some problems in my kettle. I get this big ass hop bag. It's about two to three feet deep. I mean, in a in a keggle type keg, it'll fill up you no know, two thirds the volume of the keg. Mm-hmm. Put a weight at the bottom of that, throw the hops in there, and it's pretty much like half. You know, if you can find a way to sort of stretch it a bit, keep it open, though put a weight in the bottom or something, it won't constrain the hops that much. Um, so you get a pretty good conversion in the boil if you do that, if you have a really big hop bag. So you're the, still, you still have enough liquid coming through the hop bag for the hops to kind of float around right, a little bit, right. but they're not going to... Okay, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Even better is to come up with something on your kettle out valve so that you don't have to worry about straining out the hop stuff. You know, some sort of a masher, one of these various contraptions people put just so the hops don't go out the out valve. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about that. You get a nice clean boil in there, especially in your plate filter. Yeah, yeah. or not yeah. plate filter, plate chiller. Plate chiller. Yeah, yeah you kind of want to keep that stuff out of a plate chiller if you can. Uh, those things are a pain to clean well, um, and it probably helps if you got a nice wide kettle so you can do a whirlpool and settle it out in the middle in the first place. But most of us don't have a kettle that wide at home. Anyways, yeah, I, I think that's probably. I think you're dead on in your assumptions about what happened there. You just didn't get a quite a good enough boil with that bag, and you didn't get the bittering you wanted. Yeah, brew the same one again. Do it. Uh, you know, work on that that part, and it'll be a great beer. How fresh is this? <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. Is it uh, is it a month or two old, or how how long has it been in the keg or bottles? Well, well I actually brewed this beer in late August, wow. and. Uh, Originally sent the beer to you guys in December, but things got moved around. Um, so it's actually uh, late August was that five months. Yeah, nice job bottling it without getting a lot of oxidation going yeah. on. It's it's not oxidized. Still tastes pretty fresh. Nice. <laughs> wow! Yeah, late August. Yeah. Well, it's a big beer. It'll stand up to a little aging, but you know, I'm surprised that because the the hop character that is there is still pretty pretty fresh tasting. It's nice. Yeah, and I do I do really like that pine resiny uh, character that, that that's going on in this beer. I I really enjoy it. You probably like that it's not too over the top too. You like it that. almost tastes like a like an anchor Christmas base. 
Huh. Yeah. Without the spice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it's not as dark. A little more but, intensely uh, hopped than that, but yeah. 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 With that piney and then that kind of, uh, like you said, that cola kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's nice. It's a very nice beer. Brendan, do you have any questions for the guys? Uh, no, I actually do not. I'm, I'm content. Okay. Uh, enter this beer, man. I think, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tr- try it again and get the hops uh, under control and you could, uh, you know, dry it out like Lee said and, you know, probably take something home, man. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Nice cool. work. Yeah, have a nice luck. one. Yeah, all right, buddy. Yeah, let us. Hey, if you brew it again, let us know, man. Send it in. We'd love a. We'd love a recap. Uh, I can do that. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, cheers. All right, bye. Good beer. Mm-hmm. Good beer. Not too bad. Almost gone. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break, and then we're going to get. Um, I believe it's Matt on the phone with his American Pale Ale, and uh, we will run through that. We'll be back in a couple minutes. It's Doctor Homebrew. Everybody, stick with us. Hey, Jack, what you doing? <laughs> playing Warcraft? No way. It's TBG time, buddy. TBG? Get with it. I'm playing that brewery game. What brewery game? No, that's the name of the site, thatbrewerygame.com. What? Yeah, check it out, man. If you've ever brewed beer in your dreams or wish you could mash in right from your desk at work, you can. Kind of. With That Brewery Game. You can brew up a great batch of beer from anywhere, virtually. Then you can sell it, because in that brewery game, it's legal to sell your beer to the public, create recipes, brew virtually, upgrade your equipment, upload labels, and test market your brand at thatbrewerygame.com. You still slinging pissed-off birds into buildings from your phone? Forget that. Try making beer. Sweet. Register right now for your free account at thatbrewerygame.com. Brew. Drink. Play. ThatBreweryGame.com That's it! I've had it! I am never putting hops in my beer again! What? Why? It's just too ridiculous! Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection... Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. The examination. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew. Talking some good homebrew. Get it? That's why it's Dr. Homebrew. And it's not, you know, like I'm Dr. Homebrew and, and, you know, no, it's just, I don't know, it's just a show. It's a show, everybody. Just relax. Right. Just relax We're, we're, we're here it. to it's judge not, a beer, not you. It's not intended to be dull. Right. Right. It just can be. Well, no, that's not what I meant. No. I meant... Um, that's unintentional. 
<laughs> that's fun. a bonus. Yeah. And we think we're scintillating and exciting, but, you know. That's right. It's just us. We drink beer and we talk out of our asses. It's great. <laughs> uh, as long as we use different orifices for that, I suppose. <laughs> Everyone, um, it's... Yeah. <coughs> on the phone, we should have Matt. Matt, are you with us, buddy? Hey, guys. Good evening. All right. Good Hello. evening, man. Thanks evening. for being on with us. Not a problem. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Um, so you sent in an American Pale Ale. Tell us a little bit about this beer, would you? Um, I was been brewing for probably 13, 14 months now. Started with extract. Got a kit from a friend and didn't turn out that bad and... Mm-hmm. Then kind of jumped into the all grain, uh, picked up some stuff off of Craigslist, and really haven't looked back since. Brewing mm. twice a month. Uh, your friend's name Br- from Brandon? It sounds like he was brewing about the same amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you say it didn't turn out that bad, how bad is that bad? I mean, because like when I first brewed, I was like, well, it's not, it's not that bad from being made on my stove. No, it actually turned out pretty good. I mean, yeah. everybody, I was expecting, like, the worst possible thing. <laughs> uh, and when we actually tried it, it was like, yeah, this is this is good enough that it's maybe something I want to get into. That you could, uh, with a few corrections, you could you could make it better. Yeah. Because I think exactly. that's the problem with, with, with home brewing. Sometimes it can, it can scare people off when they go, oh, I just, I don't even know enough about it to fix this stuff, so forget it. I'm not going to do it. Mine was right. terrible. My first six beers were awful. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I was 19, what else was I going to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this this beer was a kind of a clone of New Albion out of, out of Brew Your Own magazine. Um, I brewed it once, probably six months ago, and thought it was kind of flat. But I was looking for, like, a house beer to have at the, at the house for people that, you know, we're just trying to get into craft beer and didn't want anything too hoppy or too crazy or too over the top and decided to, to brew it. Turned out decent um, and then decided to mess with some adjustments with, with my water and um, adding some caramel malt to it to add some body to it. Um, but so that was the that's the rebrew that you guys are tasting. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, New Albion was a, a brewery in the I think mid late seventies out here in the kind of the North Bay area, I suppose you can call it uh, short lived. But Sam Adams recently um, kind of did a revival brew and, and did a whole little release about New Albion, and I believe that they're actually reopening. Hmm. I thought I read like uh, so. Jack McAuliffe is the, yeah. the, the owner of New Albion. I believe I saw that his daughter was trying to raise funds to reopen the New Albion Brewing Company. Yeah, and he was the brewer. I think somebody else was the owner, but it was it was like the original brew pub, you know, that would start brewing their own beer out here. Yeah, the little in California, and just like you know, random little thing that just popped up, and all of a sudden the whole movement comes out of it, pretty much. Yeah, cool, awesome. Well, it was a good, it's a good pick. I mean, it's a nice uh, historical beer to uh, you know to have on. And so you made a couple tweaks uh, to it, right? You said. Yeah, I mean the the, the first was just straight two row. Um, and the and the cascade charge that was in the in the magazine, and then the the second go round, um, I messed with the water profile a little bit, added some some acid malt, uh, gypsum to it as well, kept the hops the way that it was, and added some forty love caramel um, to it to give a to try and give it a little bit more body. Kind of mm-hmm. kept the mash temp about the same, 
and I uh, did a 10-gallon batch, and the, the five gallons, the part of the five gallons that you guys are drinking is doesn't have any extra hopping into it, and I did a, a second five-gallon batch that I did dry hop with Cascade that I'm waiting to put on top of the house, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see how the regular versus the dry hop version is. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. Well, let's jump into it. Lee, why don't you start us off, man? All right. Uh, so the aroma on this thing is kind of a lightly herbal spicy hop aroma with piney notes, um, some malt, a little bit of a maybe a grain dust aroma with a malt, uh, pale malt, some caramel crystal malt was definitely present. Had a pretty big ester profile, stone fruit and berry. Um, it was pretty clean for men otherwise, no DMS or DAS. So it was interesting that um, for me, the balance on the nose in this, and actually this holds in the flavor too, was one of the most even balances between the malt and the hops and the esters that I've come across. It's just like they're all about even and um, about, you know, it balances out very nicely that way. So that was kind of interesting. Um, the um, appearance is a fairly pretty beer, pale gold, a nice uh, good clarity, some uh, brilliant, uh, not quite brilliant, but good clarity, a little bit of an off-white foam. It faded pretty quick, at least in these glasses. But um, other than that, it looked pretty nice. Um, the flavor, again, was a pretty even balance with the crystal malt, the spicy hop flavor with a little bit of pine in it, and the stone fruit esters. Um, the bittering was, I think, just enough to be supporting. It wasn't really a bitter, balanced beer. That's fine. Pale Ale is supposed to be about balance. I think if you're going back in time to clone something like this, it's probably going to be very much not the current en vogue kind of bitter and hot bomb sort of beers you're getting these days. So I think that's fine for this. Uh, semi-sweet or a little sweeter in the finish. Clean for men again, no diacetyl. Maybe a little bit of acidity in there, uh, a little much for the style. Uh, maybe a touch of grass to the hops. I guess given the acidulated malt you added and the, the cascades in there, both those things are maybe not terribly surprising. Um, and again, very even balance in this. Medium body and carbonation. No heat or astringency, uh, some nice medium-low creaminess, a little bit of sticky sweet behind in the finish on the palate. All in all, it was really evenly balanced APA with kind of an old-school emphasis on the caramel malt. And, uh, I mean, to me, the non-citrusy hops, you're using some Cascade, but mm -hmm. it's really coming across almost more as uh, herbal, sp spicy, and a little bit of piney in here, to me anyways. Maybe JP's get something different. No, that's about that's about that's right. right, and it, and it yeah. kind of tastes like that new Albion uh, rebrew from Sam Adams, also. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely in there. Yeah, the one kind of odd thing I got in the beer, I mean, the only thing I'd really change here is maybe a little bit more bittering to help help balance out the mm -hmm. um, that crystal edition? crystal ball. And yeah. I couldn't really tell you because I've never had new Albion. I didn't even have that clone. I couldn't tell you if that would be appropriate to the beer itself. It would. But, um, that beer was fairly hot forward. Yeah, yeah, it definitely could use a little bit more of uh, bittering to the balance here. The only other thing I got in here was a little odd, is especially in the nose, I got this kind of aroma, which I've come across a few times, and to me it was coming across almost like artichoke hearts, which is very bizarre. It's not a vegetal huh. aroma like an infection or anything. I'm kind of thinking it might be a grain basing or a grain dust sort of thing, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure. But it was a little bit odd. It's less strong in the second <laughs> bottle than it was in the first. Um I'm not sure if Brian really picked up on it. It's, maybe it's just something that's individual to my nose. There was something that I was trying to get at in there, and, and yeah, to my to my nose and and uh, taste buds, it kind of came across as a a perfumey kind of thing in the hop in the aroma with the and the high esters with kind of a juicy fruit thing to it. 
a little bit of bubble gum, but um, yeah, that artichoke, artichoke hearts. Like there was no DMS, and I would maybe associate that with kind of an artichoke heart kind of flavor, maybe. But it's a it's a distinct thing. It's not like a you know cooked corn like flavor at all. But yeah, maybe like the the spices in an artichoke heart marinade. It's maybe just the combination of the the fruitiness and the sweetness with this the low kind of honey like malt that's in there. I I don't get it. It's kind of like artichoke. Really, it's 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 mild, but it's there. It's it's it may be. I mean, people's noses and palates can be have some very individual sensitivities. Right. I've come across this a few times before, and I'm not sure other people have agreed with me. So maybe this is just my (laughs) personal quirk here that this picking up on something in your beer that no one else will ever. There goes Lee again talking about artichoke heart. Oh, by the way, not to keep you in suspense, I give this a 31. I thought it was a pretty decent pair. There we go. So, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what Lee said there, too. Um, it, uh, like I said, had, had this, uh, you know, pretty high esters and, and a kind of juicy fruit presentation, kind of a fruit punch bowl, kind of esters in the nose and kind of hits you pretty good. But uh, the malt is kind of low and honey-like, a little bit wordy, I guess. You'd say it's kind of it's supporting in there, but it's it's um, you know the the hops are come across first, and then the malt is kind of supporting under that, and and you know a, a little bit of caramel in there, but um, but pretty low overall. Uh, again, pretty clean, no DMS, diacetyl, any of that stuff, acetaldehyde. Uh, it's a, it is a pretty beer, it has a, you know a nice nice gold color, quite clear. Uh, you know, head started pretty low, but it, it did stick around for a fairly good amount of time, I thought. Um, and these, yeah, it, it varies by glass here, too. I guess the second one kind of dropped a little faster. Um, in the in the flavor, it it's, uh, again, has yeah, it had kind of an earthy and perfumey hop character, it seemed like, with some aspects of the kind of classic American hops that you get in there. Um, and it had this kind of interesting orange rindy, like, presentation in there uh either from the esters or maybe something in the in the hops or something you're doing with your water i'm not sure how the hops you use for this especially the aroma hops were they real fresh or were they had they been around for a while they were cascades out of a foil pack from uh either northern brewer or more beer one of the two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, i didn't i didn't check dates or anything on it it was just what i got they were recent yeah. recent purchase by you Yes. Okay. Yeah. It hadn't been sitting in your garage under the car hood for a couple of years or anything. Yeah, 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 really long enough. yeah that, that kind of orange rind sort of thing will come out of some hops, you know, and the sort of herbal stuff. I mean, it was making me wonder if the hops might have been a little over the hill, but maybe yeah, they were they were in the fridge and not not that they probably weren't more than two weeks here in the fridge before I brewed yeah. with them. Cool. And that's sealed foil pack. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you did right. Um, so the bitterness on this was just medium low, kind of in check. Uh, um, I agree with what what Lee said there. It seems fairly cleanly fermented. I, I got a little touch of some some alcohol in there. I don't know what the ABV on this is. I might have some some higher alcohols in there pushing up a little bit. Um, not not like brightly solventy or overly hot, but just a little bit. You could detect it in the flavor. Um, it was balanced slightly, slightly to the hop, and and uh, you know the bitterness was a um, the character of the bitterness was just a little bit coarse and kind of lingered in the aftertaste with that, the wordy uh, malt. Uh, but body wise, kind of you know medium light and smooth. Um, it it's uh, not very astringent or creamy or anything like that. Carbonation was kind of moderate and uh, just it the 
the mouthfeel, it's just, it doesn't have that kind of refreshing thing that you get from a pale ale sometimes. It's a little, uh, I think there might be some residual sweetness in this beer that, that, that's keeping it from, uh, when you, in that, in that finish, it just has that little, it just dries off your tongue a little bit and then it leaves you with the hops, which I like. Uh, this one, it leaves you with a little, a little sweetness, again, going back to the flavor and in the, and the, and in the mouthfeel, it's just a little, little thick feeling at the end it's like light feeling at the beginning a little thick at the end um but pretty good pretty good version of what you'd call a classic style kind of throwback apa um interesting hot presentation and and uh you know the the perfuminess that i was getting was a little distracting along with some of the higher alcohols that i picked up in the flavor and um in the aroma but uh you know it seemed cleanly brewed overall just keep your Keep your yeast as happy as you can. I'd be interested to know how much yeast you pitched in. And of course, you'll tell me you put three packs or just fresh as ever. And <laughs> there, all my advice goes down the toilet. But good, vigorous starter. You know, pitch it at high croissant, <laughs> uh, and and really, you know, smell those hops when, you, when you're. Well, you know, you, you get what you get in the bag. But if you get a bag of hops that that smells awful or something, maybe set them aside for your, uh, you know, someday to make a lambic with it or who knows. But. Uh, Select the freshest possible ingredients, and and that, that might help avoid some of those, the little odd perfumey and, and orange rindy thing that we got in that. But overall, it was a pleasant, very drinkable beer. Uh, you know, in the very good cat, uh, very good range. I gave it a thirty-two. Uh, pretty happy with the beer. Pretty smooth to drink. Matt, what do you think? I I thought it turned out pretty good. I did get kind of a a weird kind of estery profile to it that I wasn't yeah. necessarily expecting. It was actually a question I had for you guys. Um, the So the, the alcohol in the beer ended up being 5.6. Um, On the high side for APA, but not, not over the top. Yeah, I um, the software that I was using, it was supposed to be 5.1, and the London Ale yeast that I was using from White Labs actually attenuated a little bit more than what I was expecting, so... Um, that's where the extra alcohol came from. Um, it was two, it was a 10 gallon batch, two vials of yeast, big, fairly good starter. I don't have a stir plate, so I was just shaking it and pitched it at, at high croissant at mm, 68 degrees. Yeah. And did it ferment at 68 or did it go up a little bit from there? It, I'm, I keep it in my, I have a, fermentation chamber so i cool. kept it controlled at 58 for five days and then bumped it to 69 and it was done in seven and i pulled it off after seven days and that was really my question um i've just started doing the uh, fermentation chamber and really watching my fermentation a little bit more before i just put everything in uh, my carboys and let it go for like two weeks and then rack it off from there but i'm actually watching and checking things a little bit more would it would this beer have benefited from sitting in primary an extra five or six days um, instead of taking it off you know right when it hit final gravity it's good to leave it in there but i mean it seems it seems like it must have been done a little bit before you pulled it off because uh, what that would do is leave some of the early fermentation products like the diacetyl or the um uh acid aldehyde in there which it doesn't have any of that so um I don't think it hurts you in this t- this case to pull it off the yeast when you did. So, um, yeah, it sounds like you did just about everything right. And th- you know, like I said, this is a good drinking beer. This is something good that you can serve to your guests and and uh, have a kind of crowd pleasing beer that that's gonna go over with a lot of folks. So, 
Yeah. So I would. I, oh, go on. No, I was going to say if I was going to if I was going to rebrew it and try to knock down some of that estuary profile, what what would be your suggestions? Probably start with a cooler pitch temperature, maybe drop to 64, 66. Generally, the warmer you ferment, the more esters you're going to get. So if you want less of that, cool it off, chill it a bit, and you should uh, get what you want out of it. Um, and I would um, maybe leave it in a few days longer than that. I mean, sometimes it'll all finish out completely after that. I mean, after you said that, I just start hunting for acetaldehyde and be a <laughs> diacetyl. I don't know, maybe I got a little bit. I'm also drinking the yeasty part of the bottom here, so... Um, it wouldn't hurt to give it a couple extra days uh, sitting in there, maybe rouse it a bit if the yeast is settled out to make sure you've got all that stuff out of there. Mm-hmm. It um, is dangerous territory to, yeah. to pull it out too se- early. Seven yeah. days is seven days can finish out a beer completely, but it's it's on the quick side, especially if you're pitching a couple vials and you don't have a real vigorous starter. I mean, it could and maybe should do it, but I wouldn't count on it always doing it out right. completely like that. That said, I think you got a pretty good result on it. Right, and if it's if the rush is you want to get another beer in your fermentation chamber, I mean, you can pull it into the house. It's done fermenting at that point, and if you have it, you know, sitting at seventy five degrees for a few days, it's not going to hurt anything going a little higher. It's not like actively fermenting at that point, so it's not kicking out anything weird. It's just gonna the yeast will just condition it for a few more days, and that that certainly wouldn't hurt it. Okay. That, that sounds great. Two, I have two more questions. Yeah. Um, where I'm actually taking the reading for the fermentation chamber is actually I've got my temperature probe taped to the side of my carboy with a couple layers of paper towel over the top of it for insulation. I mean, is that accurate for like a 68-degree reading, or do I need to get like a thermo well or something actually get it in closer to the beer? Thermo well should probably be more accurate than that. Um, I mean, if you ins, I've I've done things like that with a probe on the outside and put some styrofoam around it, to try and insulate it from the outside air. But I've never, well, I've never done a side by side comparison, but I was never convinced that that was going to be as accurate doing that. I mean, you have the thermo mm-hmm. well, the probe submersed in the liquid. It's not going to get any better than that. I think in terms of temperature assessment. So, um, that said. I haven't done the actual comparison. Yeah, I've never done it either. The only, the thing that I've always heard is is uh, if you can't get a thermal well in there, then then you know somehow insulate it and put it in water. So we will have waterproof kind of thermometers mm. um, to check the ambient air. Uh, yeah, but you want the fermenter's temperature, not the you, air's exactly, temperature. Because exactly. that thing's pumping out heat, and you've got it in a fridge. Your fridge is probably going to be down at you know. 55 or 58 just trying to get rid of the heat that's coming out of that thing right. so if you're just measuring um, the temperature of the fridge and the air even through the layers of the bubble wrap that's not gonna not gonna be accurate and yeah do you, do you so have it any, might have been considerably warmer in that fermenter mm-hmm. do you have than, fermentation than strips on that 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 are because those contact the, the fermenter and i haven't checked them personally against like what you get when you put drop it in a thermal well or something but I think I would think the thermal well would be the most accurate, and then if you have a, a strip on the side of your fermenter, that's going to give you a pretty good temperature. Because I find, you know, if I set my fermentation chamber at 68, and mm-hmm. I do also tape mine to the side of it with, you know, some bubble wrap over it and some layers of stuff and foam and whatever I have around, um, I have to, yeah, I do have to crank the fridge down pretty low to get that fer- fermentation strip to read 68 or whatever I'm aiming for. So I have to set it at, like, like Lee said, you know, 58 or 50. You know, up, upper fifties sometimes to get to the sixty-eight on the strip. Yeah, yeah I've got I've got a strip on okay. on one carboy, and then I put the probe on the other, and it was actually reading right around sixty-eight. So yeah. I was just curious 
with the estuary, maybe it got hotter inside, but it's something I'll I think I'm it, not look it, into. Just get a thermal well. It I mean, probably like did. 20 bucks or something, 30 yeah. bucks. And, and, it's uh, like, and it's cool. It's yeah. kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> I have one, and I and I need to get it my the probe to fit into it. I, I'm still working on that. I'm almost there. After, you know, a, a dozen years of brewing. Yeah. Uh, you're almost, you're almost a, a real brewer. Almost. almost. <laughs> we'll get you there, Brian. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else? You, you said you had one more question, right? Yeah, it's, it's actually about water. So, against all the things that I've read, I actually brew with softened water because that's really all that I have to deal with. I can't get water without going out and buying it or whatever. I can't get water without it being softened. I sent the softened water away. And I only have a small amount of sodium um, in the water to start out with. So, I wanted to see if you guys could taste any you know was it you didn't say anything about being minerally or salty or anything like that i've been building profiles from pretty much scratch with the little bit of salt that's in the salt and water um and just wanted to see if you guys could tell or if there was really any issues with that i no i didn't say anything about the score sheet i do remember thinking it was a little bit soda waterish kind of thing but not not in any sort of unusual way i mean if if you trust the source you got that sodium measured at and if you think that reflects accurately what you get every time out of that, and mm-hmm. if that number is within the ranges you see, say, in the classic brewing styles books on the beers you want to make, yeah. then, yeah, maybe you're, you're lucky and you're okay with not having too much sodium. Yeah, generally brewing with, with uh, water straight out of a water softener is not the best idea, but uh, I'm not tasting any obvious saltiness in this, and, you know, the water seems okay. But you, you said you added some gypsum, gypsum and some other stuff to get it to the pr- water profile you wanted. Yeah, I bumped yeah. the um, I bumped the sulfur up to like one seventy five mm-hmm. um, to try and get a little bit more hop sharpness out of it. Um, so that was that was an addition I made. But I actually also added Epsom salt as well to get my mag- magnesium level up. So there's extra kind of salt in there. A little burtonizing. Yeah, you're getting into Burton territory here. Half Burton. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it, you know if if you think you got a good measurement number and that the output from your water softening system is reliably at that number, then maybe you're getting away with it. Okay. That's kind of how I would phrase it. <laughs> you hear that, man? You're sneaking one by everybody. That's right. <laughs> getting, don't getting don't tell now. them, and they won't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Hey, thanks again, Matt, for uh, for sending the beer in and and hanging out with us and talking to us a little bit about it. Not not a problem, guys. Appreciate the feedback. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah, l- sure. Let us know how the the rebirths go if you're going to do some tweaking, especially that that fermentation tip. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll do that. I'll let you know when I get a thermal well. <laughs> All right, All man. Right. Good luck. Thanks, man. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Man, he was uh, he was all over it. He knew exactly what was going on. He just made some tweaks and did some stuff. Yeah. And uh, I love these beer? these fairly new brewers that are just you know they they rock out some some brews in the first year and just get really energetic and have fun with it and you know get to the technical point where they're you know they have fermentation chambers and water treatment and all that stuff that i didn't start worrying about until i was probably you know four or five years into brewing or something you know (laughs) some of us still haven't gotten 20 years into brewing yeah they haven't gotten set in their ways and ossified yet right cool going on uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do our little recap, and then we'll get out of here. It's Dr. Homebrew. Stick with us, everybody. 
Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kaminsky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back to Dr. Homebrew. We're going to do a little quick run through, a little recap of the beers we've had today. Uh, first one up was Brandon with his uh, technically American strong ale, right? But it was uh, Imperial Red. Imperial Red. I thought the BGCP was going to throw a, a, an Imperial Red column into the judging or something. I believe they're working on a new uh, styles update, so that's going to be coming out uh, the summer. next uh, it's July, yeah. June or July. Yeah, the next several yeah. months. So that'll awesome. be interesting. Okay. Yeah. To see yeah. What they, they haven't add. said what the new styles are going to be. Yeah, I know they got That's some all. some input on uh, European styles when they're over uh, giving an exam in the UK and bringing new judges up over there. So 
they're expanding. Uh, they've always had, you know, the goal of, of going a little more worldwide and, and, uh, getting out there and doing that. So yeah, we'll mm. see if, if, if this is one of the styles that gets added. I really would push for that myself. I, I like this as a style. Wow, I hope they actually, most of them survive their encounter group with the uh, camera guys. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of these beers out there and they're, they're you know they're they're popular and fun beers and and yeah. but it's it's you know for a, for a brutally intense beer it can have some finesse to it the balance of like you know an arrogant bastard or a, you know some of those other other beers out there can be and nice. uh i think that's what brendan was going for and and i think he achieved it we both we all all yeah. we both we all really liked it uh the only comments we really had were uh, bump the bittering up a little bit to kind of balance that sweetness and, and he already knew that. He knew he why. Already knew it that. sounds like he already knew that. He already yeah. knew what the deal was. He yeah. didn't even need to talk to us, but it was good talking to him. He, he seems like he yeah. knows what he's doing and having fun out there. Uh, work on that hop spider, Brandon. Get Try that, to brew uh, 60 beers next year. Yeah. Slacker. Uh, and then we just got up phone with Matt, and he had the American Pale Ale. Uh, and really, the only comments were just get that fermentation temperature under control. I mean, I think 68 is a little too high for, for most ales. But we're that's not, just me. Yeah, we're not sure where it really was, and it, it might have had some of the trappings of a beer that that was fermented a little higher. Some yeah. some hints of higher alcohols and a pale ale sticking out, even at five six percent. It's not that. It's not. It shouldn't poke out as much. I, it wasn't intense, and so it was no. still a good beer. And these are yeah. finer points, but yeah, yeah it could. It, it was a strong ester profile for an APA. I mean, it was, yeah. it, was, it was almost an even balance with the hops and the malt, which is unusual. But it was actually kind of nice. But yeah. It was is probably at least at sixty eight, given what he said about his ferment. Now he's monitoring his temperature, so it might have got warmer than that. Yeah, exactly. And, and leave it on the yeast a little longer to you know keep it happy there and keep it conditioning for a little longer just to be safe. You don't want to you don't want to get any bad stuff left in there from the early early fermentation. The yeast just sucks that right back up at the end. If you get it, keep it to the right temperature. You know, do do your your proper diacetyl rest at the end. He knew what he was doing. He he you know. He had the question in his mind of, did I pull it out too early? And fortunately, it didn't bite him too hard this time, but it, it might have conditioned and smoothed out the beer even a little more. Uh, and maybe that, that slight wordiness that we were getting in there, too, could mm-hmm. have been reduced a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was a good beer. It was a good Smooth. beer. And uh, dialed the bitterness a little bit, I think. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Cool. We did it. We've accomplished. We've accomplished a show. Back in the saddle back in the saddle that's right that's right um once again i want to shout out to five star everybody thank you very much five star for supporting dr homebrew and continuing bjcp education like this show yeah. pretty good right trying to get the boys some extra bjcp right. points so yeah uh, in our dreams yeah we're just uh you know <laughs> we're just trying to work this system a little bit there's nothing wrong with it uh anyway go to five star chemicals.com that's five star chemicals.com you learn all about five star learn about their products they even have some commercial brewing products too uh, they have gloves and boots, and all, you, you can get everything you need there to uh, to really make sure that you're cleaning your equipment properly. Because aside from fermentation, that's the the most important thing. Cleanliness actually it is probably the most important thing. Secondary, first, primary to f- fermentation, right? What would you put first? I would put yeah. If you can't sanitize your your equipment, you're, <laughs> you're not going to make right? good. You yeah, might as well ferment at ninety Just, degrees. <laughs> yeah, whether you ferment it at sixty eight or seventy seven, it's right. not gonna, you're not going to notice the difference. It's just going to taste like ass. Right. So go over, check out fivestarchemicals.com. Thank them for supporting us. They are on Facebook as well. You can drop them a little note or whatever. Anyway, until next time, everyone. This has been Doctor Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. Boop.